Motown Rundown, welcome in, welcome back. It is April 8th as we are recording, which according to my sources is a Thursday. Gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of Tigers games to cover. There were also some other things that happened in the world of sports that we should talk about as well. But before we jump into that, I would be remiss if I did not ask the both of you, how are you guys doing? How is life? How are you living? I'm good. I'm currently panicking because I graduate in three weeks. But other yeah. than that, yeah, Woo. it sucks. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it I'm not sucks. looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to Collins leaving because, listen, it's kind of funny because I always knew this day was going to come, right? Like when we first started doing this, we all became friends. And I, I, you know, oh, yeah, Rabs is a junior and Collins is a sophomore. And I'm a freshman. It was like I knew this day would come. Where like first Rabs leaves, then Collins leaves. I'm I'm not ready for it. So I just I I have to say that first. Second of all, happy late Easter, happy belated Easter to all yes, of our all of our listeners who celebrate Easter. It was a fun time. I got to see my grandma who I haven't seen in over a year because of the pandemic. So that was awesome. Um, it's fun. She loves the pod. Shout out Grandma Bailey. Other than Shout that, I, I got no no big news. I don't know. I'm getting my vaccine tomorrow. Rabs, you got vaccinated, correct? I did get my vaccine yesterday. You get the Johnson Johnson or what? No, I got the uh, I got the Pfizer. Had to support the local economy, the hometown heroes. There you um, go. Yeah, I I'll tell you what, and this was this was part of I don't know if I sent this in my belligerent text to you guys about things I wanted to talk about today. I know in the last X amount of months or to year, you know, there's a lot of like obviously the the frontline heroes, people that work in hospitals, nurses, all that good stuff. You know, everyone's been saying thank you. Like, everyone's very aware of the situation. These people are absolute legends, dude. Like, I, I went to Macomb Community College to get my vaccine. This operation was so buttoned up and just perfect. Like, they got someone walking you to, for, to point A, to point B, to point C. And then they put you in the observation room for the last 15 minutes while you're there. So they make sure you don't die on site. And the lady comes up to me and she goes, she, I'm wearing a Michigan State hat. She's talking about her kids. Her kids go to Michigan State. She's a nurse. She's, you know, talking me through all these concerns I might have. You know, what's, what's here today is gone tomorrow. If you're not feeling great tomorrow, it was just t- absolutely top notch. And for these people to sacrifice their time away from their families and their actual jobs, even though they're, I know they're probably getting paid, but the volunteers, everyone there, dude, what an operation, hats off, just legendary. This makes me, one of those, one of those situations where you walk out of there and you're like, you know, I, it's like, I don't, like, let's say on the bright side, I got like, what, 60 years left here. Like, step up and make an impact, Rabs. Like, let's like get moving here. Fucking do something with your life, you know? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Come home. Come home and just crush the rest of my rest of the Hershey kisses in my Easter basket or whatever they whatever they call them. The Reese's peanut butter cups. I just absolutely house the rest of those in my Easter basket, sitting there watching TV with my hand in my pants. These people are out here saving lives. So figure it out, me. Future. Did you guys me. see the all peanut butter Reese's? Yeah. What is the point? I don't know, Collins. I, I this is this I was saying about that. Like, I don't even like chocolate, but I don't understand like the concept. Like, why don't I just get like a payday or just peanut butter? Yeah, I, peanut butter. You're just man. eating peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. It, it it doesn't look appealing either, and I think that's a big no. Issue. It, it does not. It does not have a good look. You know what? You know what is actually asinine. Have you guys seen the hot tamales flavored peeps? 
Have you seen those? No. I know. I refuse to eat peeps. I'll never eat peeps. Why? Because they stink. Peeps are awesome at Easter time. But I, I tried those. My aunt got us some of them. Hot tamale flavored peeps. They're actually surprisingly pretty good. Like not not bad. If you think about it, it's just it's a spicy marshmallow. It was kind of good. Easter can be a sneaky, dangerous holiday because you know it's like hot boy summer's coming up. I'm you know you're trying to trying to keep it trimmed. And then every year, like with my mom, God bless her, but she's like, I gotta put your Easter basket together. What do you want? It's like, mom, first of all, I hate when people ask, like, what do you want for your birthday? Like, what do you like? Just put it in there. I'll be happy with it. I got a nice pair of golf shorts. That was my big ticket item. But go. it's like this this basket was just filled to the brim. You got the chocolate bunny. You got the you got the M&Ms in the sleeve. You got a share size bag of peanuts. And it's like, mom, like, I appreciate it, but I have to eat all of this. Like, I – and it, like it's going to – and I probably ate it all in, like, three days. And I'm just gross. Yeah. Tough holiday. I love, I mean, Easter's the Easter's great, but my God. Man. No, I know what you mean. It can sneak up on you. It would have been better if the Tigers could have won on Easter, but they, they, they couldn't quite get it done. But before we get to the Tigers, don't you want to talk about Baylor and Gonzaga? Or do you want oh, my to- God, dude. Well, I texted – look, this obviously happened now. We're probably close to almost a week removed. Right? This happened this Monday. Yeah. This Monday? Four days ago. I want to first go back and I want to talk about the UCLA-Gonzaga game. Because after this game, I texted, I texted many people. I know I texted both of you guys as well. For anyone that does, like, doesn't understand me or the things that I value in life, that game right there, UCLA-Gonzaga, is why I do what I do. Like when, it's, when I have days that it's hard for me to get out of bed in the morning, it's because in the back of my mind, I know there's an opportunity to witness something like that UCLA Gonzaga game. What a, first of all, what a game. And no one really expected it to be a game, I guess, because of how big of a favorite that Gonzaga was. Tremendous game. Love that it went to overtime. And that shot at the end, dude, like I say, man, it is not easy operating the way I do. I don't have many interests. There's not many things that I enjoy in life. I'm not a big cars guy. You know, I, I don't, I'm not into like woodworking or painting or art or arts and crafts. I'm a sports guy. And I know you guys can relate. So all these people that think I'm just this miserable guy and why do you suffer through all this stuff and must be so such a lonely life to only care about sports and nothing else. Like how depressing I get it, but you people have to understand. I get up every day. I do what I do. I suffer through the lows, the many, many lows of my life in sports because of the opportunity to have nights like you had watching UCLA Gonzaga. And that is why I do what I do. Absolute unbelievable game. You couldn't have asked for a better ending. And I will remember that's like when my dad will like sit here and like, we'll be watching like a a first four game and he'll be talking to me about like five slam a jam on like all these, all these different plays and shots throughout history and all these players that had these unbelievable runs in March madness. Now I get to tell my kids and my grandkids about that game and that shot. Unbelievable. Yep. I, it was probably the most iconic college shot since, I mean, I would say Kenny Goins or Zion, but definitely since that Villanova game winner in 2016. Correct. In, in terms of, like, if you're not a Michigan State fan, like, that was correct. Game was sick. Jalen, was... Suggs, Jalen Suggs from half court, from the logo, that will live forever. That was so sick. 
But what's the call? And then they get absolutely housed by Baylor. How are you? Yeah. Nice plus one forty money line. I'll Free take money, that all day. Thank you very much. My Look, buddy man. had my but two of my buddies like they were the finalists in the bracket pool, and it's like Baylor wins that one buddy wins it, John Zadden wins, yeah. and it was like for a grand. And one of my buddies was over to watch it. Just, just he had John Zadda, and he was never disheveled, emotional. It's like yeah. those Look, are tough losses. The game. How did Never you guys not you, you guys both had zero sympathy for Gonzaga when I when I tried to explain on the, I don't care. <laughs> but can I explain why like I yes. kind of did already on our group thread, but I'm just like, dude, they're great. They're a perennial, amazing mid-major, the best mid-major in college sports history, probably. Like in terms of just being for 30 years, they've been a one through three seed and they've always disappointed. And this year, Collins, you can attest to this because you and I both said this for weeks on the Green and White Report. If Gonzaga doesn't win it this year, they will never win it. That's just the reality because this is by far the best team they've ever had, right? And they've made it to the finals in, what was it, 06 and then 2017. They've lost to Blue Bloods, and it is what it is. But this year, man, it was – I forget. I think it was like 50-some percent of brackets picked Gonzaga. Like, they were – overwhelming favorites and hindsight's 2020 and you can say that Baylor was there all year too and just because they had one loss instead of zero they got a little overlooked Baylor was great and they deserved it I'm just and and I'm so happy for Scott Drew for him to finally get one sticking out a program for decades and finally winning one but my thing was just man I feel for like Mark Few and Gonzaga and all their fans because they live for this they don't have football seasons they don't have you know they, they rarely even make runs in March even though they're so good and I just, this was that year where they were supposed to finally do it. And when it looked like UCLA was maybe going to knock them off and they went on a shot like that from Jalen Suggs, you just have to think it's their year. And then to get absolutely pummeled by the Baylor Bears in the final, who also have never won it, I, I just felt a little bad. I felt a little sorry for Mark Few and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. That's all. I, the problem with it that I don't like really feel bad is like they've been there. It's like it's not like the it's not like a Butler situation where it's like this is probably the only time we're ever gonna be in a national title game. Like okay, in the Nets. Yeah, but, but like Gonzaga never- will have another opportunity to get to the final four like next year. Like they're a legit like powerhouse program. So they'll have more opportunities. I don't feel bad for them when they lose. Say like a George Mason like gets to the final four and like a national title and they have an opportunity to win and they like lose like maybe. I don't know. I don't feel bad. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying on paper. I guess my point is, and I think you'd agree with me, Collins, it's just like, they're, they're not going to win it. Like they, yeah, they might get back a couple times. They're not going to win it. This is just the, the epitome of it. Right. You, I mean, even, even the Cinderella teams, the great Cinderella teams of all time, like NC state, that's still a power five school. Like these, these mid majors, Gonzaga's out there representing mid major America and they can't ever get it done. And I just, I feel bad. I feel bad. And then I mean, for a guy like Corey Kispert and, and, and Drew Kispert's Tim. stance. Dude, Timmy got owned. I know. They yeah. both did because they're because they're not five-star recruits. They're these mid-major yeah, players. Dude, Drew Timmy, it was a five-star. I'm pretty sure it was a five-star. Okay. Well, then I stand. Like, right older right, I'm just saying. In Trent, they get five-stars. They're about to get the number one recruit in America. They're I know. Get they, they run into these buzzsaws that just play better competition all year and are more primed for the tournament, and it's not fair. It is fair. How is it not but, fair? No, no, Playing it, a better conference, then. It's it, well, they can't control that. 
Yeah, they can. They don't control that St. Mary's is their best competition. They still beat you them. You can by leave that conference if you really want to. Okay, they might. We'll see. What, they they might within the next five years. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's my piece on Gonzaga. I'm happy for Baylor. I just wanted to. I was a little upset on Gonzaga's part. Well, for my for my parting thoughts here on the issue, I will say, I, I had Gonzaga in my national championship game. Admittedly, did not watch enough of Baylor. I, the little that I watched the Baylor, they were like losing like early in a game. They weren't, they were supposed to just dominate and they would end up winning. But like either way, after watching Gonzaga in this tournament, like after game one, I was like, nobody's beating this team. Like they beat everyone by double digits. They put up 80 plus a game. There is no chance that anyone beats these guys. Then you watch the UCLA game and, and the coming off the heels of watching Baylor who just and I don't know how good Houston really was, but to watch Baylor just outman, out muscle, out hustle, out shoot, out everything in the game against Houston. I'm looking at this Baylor team like these guys are scary as hell. And I don't care how good people think Gonzaga is, they ain't beaten Baylor. Then you watch them let UCLA hang in the game all game long, and to UCLA's credit. That team shot lights out against Michigan and against Gonzaga. So credit to them, no disrespect at all. But to see how you how, how Gonzaga played, and I feel like in the last half of that game before overtime, they just stopped going to Timmy. Like it was really yeah, but you sucked. They just stopped using them. Well, either way. All he did great. was turn the ball over and get just absolutely owned in the pick and roll. That's well, all I did. Different. I was, I was just, I got this feeling as soon as that UCLA game ended, I put the house on the Baylor money line. Easiest bet I've ever made. I'll just say this this Baylor team, they have some men. Like they just have. Dude, Hooper. Mitchell and Butler were insane. Like Gonzaga, Gonzaga never, I think even if Gonzaga were to play their best game, they wouldn't have had a chance. And it's no disrespect to Gonzaga. And the whole thing with, like, they play in a bad conference. Trent, you're right to an extent. Like, that's the conference they play in. They get they get the job done. They dominated that conference this year, except for a couple St. Mary's games that I think were closer than they wanted, if my if my memory serves me BYU, right. BYU, they had a trouble close game. They, they absolutely dominated. And that team, on, like, on paper and, like, eyeball test, they were a great, great team, like very, very good team. But when it comes down to it, Baylor, they were just so fast, so aggressive on defense. They were knocking down so many shots. Good for Baylor. I don't feel bad for Gonzaga. Like, that's the thing. It's like the money ball thing. If you don't win the last game of the year, nobody gives a shit. So credit to Mark Few for turning Gonzaga, which was essentially a no-name school, into a basketball powerhouse for the last two to three decades of, of – Life. Yes, they deserve so, one. That's that's just that's my only point. I'm not a Gonzaga. They've been there and Collins, you're right. They'll probably continue to get there because they get these good recruits and stuff, but they're at a disadvantage and, and it isn't their fault. Like I don't they, they could get out of that conference, maybe. I'm just saying they run into these power five buzzsaws, and I just am sympathetic. That's it. They deserve to win one, they deserve to have one banner. For being great for thirty years, that's fair. Oh. I, I mean, it is what it is, man. Life ain't fair, trying. All right. Well, that's that's it. That's all, that's all we got on that. Unless you guys have any other thoughts. Uh, nope, nothing else on that. What a what a. If there's one thing that really 
resurrected my college basketball fandom. Like there, there really is nothing better than March Madness. I, I, I'm sorry, but like, I'm a, I'm probably, you know, I'm a hockey guy first. I love baseball. I love football, but dude, that, that stretch watching March Madness, man. I mean, wow. What a, it's sad that it is, is, is coming when, um, actually, I guess before, before we move into, uh, our stuff, Masters is currently going on. What do we think of day one? Pretty solid. Uh, it's it's like it's kind of got a weird feeling this year because Tiger and they don't have all the fans there, so it's not like I actually it, like it with less fans. No, it's nice. It's nice. I don't think it's better. It's not because like when you hit a shot on fifteen in that huge grandstands on the left, you're like whoa, whoa. That's I love that. Like <laughs> and I love a fist pump and you're like firing up the crowd. Like national people are like getting into it, but uh. Yeah, it's fine. What's it called? Really fat. I mean, Rose was unconscious today. Also, I just love the best part about the Masters is it's just everyone getting mad at the first Thursday. Why can't I watch the Masters? Why can't I watch the Masters? Like at this point, I'm like annoyed at those people. I'm like, buddy, it's a yearly issue. Like get with the program. Like this isn't a new thing. Just go to the app or the website though. You can yeah. still watch it. Yeah, you watch featured groups. Like, I know what I mean. I don't know. I, I love that though. They're like, it would be nice to CBS to put it on right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I hear you. Been doing this for ten years. For ten years. <laughs> I hear you. I haven't watched a lick. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm happy for guys like you guys who love golf and are golf guys through and through. I'm personally not. And in, in, in terms of that realm, I'm more of a tennis guy. But who's the favorite to win it? And, and I think it was probably DJ. You guys should also fill the, fill the listeners in, if, if they care. You guys should fill the listeners in on who you guys have in your pools. That way they can root or root against Hideki. you. I want, want Hideki to win. All right. Who do I have? I, have, I, just, threw, I just threw some money on five guys. I, have, I, I think I have Justin Thomas, who actually kind of found it a bit today, Patrick Reed, who I hate, but I knew he was going to be in the mix. But now, like, Rose had such a great day that everyone's just like dead. It would take a – Rose has to collapse tomorrow or else this this tournament's over. It's I not over. Know. Give me – there's not – guy hasn't played golf in, like, a month, basically. Has it, like, Davis career, basically. Best, like, 10 whole stretch, I think, in Masters history. Yeah. Well, it, I, this is going to come back. Winner will be at, like, 10 under. Mark my words. I like that. So I have, I have Reed. I have Justin Thomas. I have Rom because he just had a kid. I have Fleetwood because I love his hair and he just, he drained an ace today. Thanks for very much. I think it got, I think the ace got him back to like two over though. So not great. And then who else do I have in there? Morikawa. Those are my five guys. So I got a couple guys up there. I think Reed's up there. Uh, who else was up there somewhat? I don't know, but either way, I like the Masters is great, but I hear you, Trent. Like the Masters, like for for golf people, gets pumped up a lot and deservedly so because the course, the history, like it's all it's unbelievable. It just is. But I, I, I want to go so bad. Oh, I do too. But I feel like to people that aren't really like golf people, it doesn't matter like what the golf tournament is. That's the thing is like if you're not really a basketball guy, you're probably turning on the national championship basketball game or like the Super Bowl. If you're not a football guy, you're going to watch the Super Bowl. If you don't like golf, like you have no reason to watch any of the tournaments. I totally get What that. are you talking about? People watch the Masters even though they don't like it. Not like they watch other sports. I, like, I, I completely disagree with that. 
Dude, I you're. I think I you. I think you get the same numbers. I'm, I'm case in point right here. I don't watch any golf all year. I don't care. That's I what I mean, dude. I don't think your average Joe Schmo is like, oh my god, the Masters is on. Let's go watch three hours. I, yeah, I understand. They're not on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but they're gonna tune in on that Sunday. Never. Really? No, nothing else is on. We're watching Masters. That's you know, what, that's what the, happens. The one time I've watched the Masters on a Sunday, it was with you guys in in, in the basement of Holden Hall when Tiger won it two years ago yes that yeah. was great well that was just because it was tiger it was unbelievable but whatever let's done let's move on to the, to the detroit stuff so now that we're a half hour in, it feels like we haven't talked about a single one of these teams uh trent you want to talk about killian hayes being back so let's do a little bit of pistons and then we'll uh do tigers for the rest of the episode yeah so i i just bears mentioning it's nothing crazy killian hayes is back for your detroit pistons uh he played against who was it the the uh, Thunder, excuse me. Um, or he also played against the Knicks this week. He probably had his best game as a rookie against the Thunder with seven assists, nine points, three rebounds, his best all-around game. Like, I, I think a lot of these people remember watching him in the early season, and he was kind of disappointing, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Well, Collins and I were in the same boat as, like, you just got to be patient with him. You got to give him time. He's 19 years old. You know, like, he'll figure it out. Um, or was he 18? I don't even know. He's a young dude. And uh, then, you know, when that Injury happened. That was very devastating because, you know, he was really one of the most watchable players on the team just because of his youth. But, uh, you know, for him to come back and almost put up a double-double against the Thunder, who aren't a great team, but whatever, um, it was just – it was nice to see. It's exciting. There's juice back with the Pistons. Also, Isaiah Stewart got his first career start a few nights ago and had like four blocks in the first seven minutes of the game. So uh, the, the Pistons, again, I, we, we always say this. I feel like there's never anything really new to talk about with this team because they're, they're doing their job, they're losing. And um, they're a golden trash bag in a pile full of black trash bags. Like they're, they're, they're fun to watch, unlike, you know, the Wings, Rabs. I don't know if you have any, any takes on the Wings as of late, but Killian Ace is back. So if you didn't know that, tune in. The Pistons are exciting to watch. Once again, I think they got about 30 games left. Uh, don't miss them. Don't take it for granted because you'll miss the NBA when it's done. Yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> okay, that's actually true. But I guess now we can roll into the Tiger talk. No, but I'll right, see, what's it called? Hayes turned shoot early. That's all I want to see. Like, I, I want to see – because he's – I like him on the pick and roll. He has a good feel for the pick and roll. But, I mean, in today's NBA, there's a lot of guys kind of like that. But – and he's – I think he's a pretty good passer. I just need to see him be able to knock down a three because that's like – Kind of the reason, not the reason you got him, but you need your point guard to be able to hit threes in, in today's NBA. It's a fact. Agree. All right, let's roll into the Tigers. Uh, the season is officially underway and rolling. Uh, off day today for them on Thursday. Uh, currently sitting at three and three, good for, I think, third in the AL Central, right behind the Royals, those pesky Royals who I don't think will be a problem this year. Um Back in action tomorrow night against the Indians at 7-10 in Cleveland. Um, I guess a lot of ways that we can attack this, I would just say I, I do have a couple of points that I want to make about um, a specific game. I would just say looking at the totality of the season so far before I nitpick and bitch and complain through six games already, I, I think you got to be pretty happy if you're a Tigers fan. I mean, outside the one game where they got absolutely steamrolled by the Twins. Um, Thanks for I, Urania. Well, I'll, I, trust me, I got a piece on that coming up for you. But um, And I guess the Indians game on Sunday was no good either. But I 
I, I think that we talked about this after opening day and just the sense that I thought the lineup was going to be tough to watch this year. But as, as they took the field coming out on the opening day, I was like, you know what? It looks pretty solid. Um, you got a couple guys whose bats haven't really woken up yet. Um, you know, I don't think Jonathan Scope's been all that great at the plate. Um, who else, too, that I'm – Willie you know, Castro. I mean, he had – Willie Castro had a good game in that last – uh, game against the Twins. But yeah. yeah, he had I three mean, heads. Castro, Castro, Miggy you just know, really got it going. You just know these guys are going to eventually figure it out. Candelario, right. did, you just, did you just talk about Candy? He's the no, other I guy. said Miggy. I said Miggy, is, he's okay. only batting like 175. So, um, But either way, I think from, from all that you've seen so far, I just think the team has a lot more confidence and they, they play with a lot of poise. Like I just think they feel like whenever they come up to the plate, like they can make things happen. Like it's not like they're sitting here getting shut out and just looking absolutely inept at the plate. Um, pitching wise, I would, you know, to, to say through two games that Matthew Boyd's probably been your best pitcher. I never thought I'd be sitting here telling you that obviously, you know, to, he's been good. Yeah, he has been good to his credit. I still think they should have traded him two years ago, but that's neither here nor there. Um, to see guys, you know, like Buck Farmer, his ERA is up there, and you kind of exp- – I mean, it's just like same shit, different toilet with Buck Farmer. I love the guy, but I he just clearly just doesn't get it done. Um, and, and that's the thing, too. The, the thing more so with pitching is, like, through six games, you see these relief pitchers in such limited quantity – that it's hard for me to look at Buck Farmer's 16.88 ERA or Daniel Norris's 12 ERA that came off the heels of one really bad inning and look at these guys and go, they just don't have the stuff, like get rid of them. This is ridiculous. So I think the the positives that you can take out of the pitching staff is number one, Matthew Boyd seems to have returned at least through two starts, knock on wood, to, to some sort of form that he was a couple of years ago when people were looking like, hey, let's, maybe trade this guy. I think Gregory Soto has been fine. It looks like that closing role might just be a closer by committee. I mean, you see Brian Garcia a couple days ago come in like in the middle of the game um, in, a, in, a, in a tight pinch, which I actually love that A.J. Hinch is willing to do that. Um, just, you'll, you, you're gonna, you'll know that you'll see Cisnero in the eighth, ninth inning, um, who he's been fairly, fairly good this year, if I do say so myself. Um, other than that, as far as starting pitching is concerned, I thought Casey Mize had a terrific first outing. I just like to, to for him to get pulled. Like I, I don't know. You guys are he had to get pulled. I, I don't know. I get that, but it's just a matter of like I'm trying to still figure out if the, they're trying to keep these guys on pitch counts or what. I'm not. I'm not. Saying, was pitch no, you, he was. He was. He you know lost his command there in the fourth inning. So. No, I, I agree with Collins. Like, like he he was starting – the wheels were starting to come – I don't want to say that because he was pitching fine. But it, it just – he was losing his command a little bit, and then he needed to come out. But, Ravs, to your point, like, I think this is just what Tigers fans need to grow to expect because A.J. Hinch is just a – he's an analytical dude. He's got his face buried in the chart, and sometimes it's to a detriment. And, you know, we kind of saw that, and I know you want to talk about like this. That, in the sixth inning of that Twins game that you lost 3-2 to two, – and well, don't worry, I got it. I know you got a full thing. I don't want, I'm just giving you the prologue here, but I'm just saying, Tigers fans, I think, need to get used to that because they're not used to that at all. You went from Leland to Osmus, who's an idiot, but Leland was as old school as you could get. And then, you know, bringing a Guardy as old school as you can get. And now it's AJ Hinch. So it's like this new era of baseball. And it's, it's starting to, you just, I think you have to expect the analytical approach a little bit more. And that's something that Tigers fans aren't used to whatsoever. I just, I just feel like I haven't, I haven't seen a starting pitcher go 
full like six, seven innings yeah. in so long. Like, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that was talked about before this season. It's like, especially if you don't know what you're going to have in the bullpen, like if you're going to, if you're going to throw Matthew Boyd out there, he needs to be able to get to the sixth, seventh inning. And I think Matthew Boyd's one of those guys that once you see him a couple times, I mean, he gets figured out pretty easily, but like, you're just not like, and I get it. It's, it's early in the year. I, I know, I understand. You don't need guys going out there throwing eight innings in the first week. Like I, I trust me, I get it, but. Oh, robot rabs. We're losing rabs. We're losing rabs. There you guys out after seven, because like, you need to let guys work through some struggles. Like kind of losing his composure there, but it's like, let's, Let's go. My robot? My robot? Yeah, no, you're fine now. But you're you're all called? good. Your internet. What, what's it called? Do you want to lose the game? Ahead, I don't go. understand. I, I don't get that concept. No, I this, don't. This do, team is like, not like – I think the biggest takeaway from the first six teams is this team does not think they're rebuilding. At least that's the way they're being yeah, managed. They're, they're not, not like both. actively tanking games. You know right. what I mean? And that's great to see. And, and Collins, to expand on that real quick, I think the Tigers are exactly where they should be. You know, you can check the tape. All of us kind of had it. We all said the 68 and a half wins in Vegas was way too low. This team is 500 through six games. I know it's a small sample size, but I fully expect them to go 500. And and who knows, maybe shock the world and compete for a wild card. So I don't even know what it's going to take this year, looking at the records of other teams, quite frankly. But my biggest gripe, and, and, and Rabs, I know you might have something to say about this. The outfield coming into the season was pretty Dude, deep. It's... Here, here's here's what I propose, and I don't think this is actually going to happen, but I want your guys' thoughts on this. This should be your everyday outfield, in my opinion. Left field is Akil Badu. Center field is Jacoby Jones. Right field is Victor Reyes. DH, Robbie Grossman. Because I know he gets on base, and it's money ball, and it is what it is. But for Robbie Grossman to be taking at-bats away from Akil Badu, who's been the sensation of the entire league this, thus far, and Victor Reyes, who was fantastic last year. He's had a little bit of a slow start this season. That doesn't make much sense to me. You got a guy, is Grossman on a one-year deal? I think he's on two. Two. Okay. I, so either way, not a huge part of your future. I'm not, I, and I like Grossman. Look, he's got, he's probably got the best. I don't have the numbers in front of you, but he's got to have the best on base percentage on the team, right? Yeah, probably and, by far. I think so, he's over, like close to 700. Well, hell, he didn't even have a hit with the Tigers until the sixth game of the year or the fifth game of the year, I think. And, yeah. and you know, he'd gotten on base like eight times or something crazy. No, no, I understand that you're going to want to DH Miggy at points because you don't want Miggy playing first every day because he's already missed, what, two games? But it's just on days where Miggy's playing first, Grossman should DH. You have Akil Badu, Jacoby Jones, and, and Victor Reyes in your outfield. That's what I think. What do you guys think? I I need to see less Mazzara. I just that, – that's, that's that's the bottom line too, Rhett Collins. I completely agree. That's why I say and, because Mazzara right now is your DH – and yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I just it's, it's Grossman to me who needs to be your DH, not Mazzara. And my buddy Utes has been in my ear after I chirped him on the pod about Badu because Badu's been so good in the field and just batting. He's been good. He needs to play. Jacoby Jones, he needs his at bats. I I'm fine if you want to go flip flop with Grossman and Jacoby Jones, but Victor Reyes needs at bats. I don't understand what they're doing with Victor Reyes and like. He, like, he'll say he goes like one for four. He actually has four good at bats every single time he's out there, and I'm pre- he's a pretty good defensive right fielder. So I just I, I don't understand what they're doing, Victor Reyes. Like Mazzara, like, be a pinch hitting guy or whatever, but like Victor Reyes needs to get the majority of the right field like 
rups. You know what I mean? I just don't, I don't get that. This is, I guess this is now where it feels like every single year for me, at least in recent memory, I, I get on this podcast and I start to bitch and complain about the roster and who's getting time. So I'm going to do that now six games in because I want it on record that everyone heard me say this after game six. Now, again, let me preface this by saying you've only finished the first week, week and a half, two weeks of the season. So I don't know what the thought process is in Alavila's head or in AJ Hinch's head as far as are they just trying to get get a feel for who can play, who like where the good matchups are? But at a certain and I get that, and that's that's all fine. But at a certain point, as you guys have said, Al Avila is famous for doing this during the rebuild of filling all these holes in the roster with these stop gaps. And I've said this before. I, I know I said it multiple times last year. The pitching staff is different from the lineup. Okay, and I understand the sentiment of you want to give guys confidence. You don't want guys going up there and striking out three times a game. Like that's 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 all fine and good. I get that. But this team is no longer like a 20-win team or as bad as people think that they are in the past. They're just not. So if you want to bring in a Holland to pitch out of the bullpen, I'm fine with that to give you some veteran presence in the bullpen. But for God's sake, man, like it I hope. I hope that the thought process too behind guys like Holland and Mazzara, probably not a Grossman. I feel like he's probably going to be here to stay, but a scope or a Urania or a Tehran is that come the deadline. If these guys are playing, they're getting flipped. I have to imagine that's the mindset. That's the only way you can justify it for me. So now to, to organize my thoughts here, I want to start with the lineup. You two are absolutely dead nuts, spot on about the outfield. Nomar Mazzara probably has one of your better batting averages on the team. I don't need to see him in the outfield every day. There's no reason that through six games, Victor Reyes should have 12 at-bats. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is a guy who had a very, very tough year his first year up. He completely turned things around at the plate come year two. And now he's looking at this outfield going, where do I fit in? What do you think that does for a guy's confidence when he's got to show up every day and look at the lineup card and sorry, Victor, maybe we'll get you in tomorrow. There's no reason for the outfield not to be Badu, who is might be, he might be on pace to be the greatest baseball player who ever lived right now. He has to play every day until he gives you a reason not to. Jacoby Jones should play in center field because that's the guy that's been here and he's, he's, he's earned the center field position uh, defensively. And the guy needs an opportunity to put a full season together at the plate. And Victor Reyes should be playing in right field every single day because he's better defensively than Nomar Mazzara is. And that's a guy that's a part of your future. Mazzara is not. So if you want to play Miggy at first and DH Mazzara, I'm totally fine with that. Robbie Grossman has been tremendous in the leadoff spot as far as getting on base. I get that he has to get his reps in because you're not paying him like a million dollars a year. He's factually making money. But the, my, my point is. Yeah, but like I need to see less. He, he Like if you're going to do this whole rotating thing and he's like the one stand, like standstill, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like everyone, like the outfield's flipping every single day, but Grossman's in. Like yeah. really? Yeah, I, I, I really need to see that. And he's and he's been fine. I'm not saying he hasn't been bad, but I would rather like if you're gonna do that, you might as well do it with everyone. Like I need more Victor Reyes. I need more Victor Reyes. Correct. 
My other, my other piece with this lineup is the only other gripe I have, and I get right now he's batting 333. I don't need to see Nico Goodrum every day. Nico, Nico Goodrum had a very, very good year. I believe it was his first year up. The best thing about Nico Goodrum is, hey, we need you at second. We need you at short. We need you at first. We need you good at lefty still. You can do whatever you can do whatever you want. You need him to do. I believe he's also a switch hitter. We have a thousand switch hitters on this team. Yeah, so he's that's, that's fine. But I have seen what I need to see from Nico Goodrum. I don't need to see Nico Goodrum being squeezed into the lineup to have other guys sit the bench. Him I, playing I, the outfield is asinine. Yeah, I, I, that's, well, that, I, I, that's what that, that means. is Collins. I'm so glad you said that because. When I saw that, and, and I got to listen to Matt Shepard talk about – the, There are some of the most bizarre – we got to talk about the broadcast, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll oh, get Valley, to that. I have Valley Sports on here to yeah. put him through the ring. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. We got to talk about oh, but that. But before we do that, I'm just I'm, – I'm so glad you brought that up, Collins, because you're exactly right. Nico Goodrum playing in the outfield of all places – like, yeah, I don't. I, I understand him him playing first, or or was it he played second? Skull played first when Miggy was missing games. I think whatever you got to do there, that's fine. But Rabs, you're exactly right in that squeezing him in here and there. It's not doing anything for your team in terms of the future, and it's certainly not doing anything for your team in terms of now. I know he's hitting three thirty three, but that's not sustainable. He's not going to. And I think everyone knows that. And and you know we talk about the depth in the outfield, so it's asinine that he's playing out there. But there's also depth in the middle infield. Because it, I'll, Rabs, I'll let you keep going, but you know, well, there's another guy like Isak Paredes. He hasn't played correct. a game yet. And that was my that was my next point. Is is you know, do I think that it's necessarily a bad thing that he's not up here? I, is he is he playing AAA or just hasn't gotten in a game yet? I don't think he's gotten in a game yet. He's not no. Paredes. No, Paredes is on the he's in Toledo. Okay, which is like that's that that to me is fine, and I and, and like it is what it is. But to your again, Trent. I would rather Isak Paredes be up here getting innings in the middle infield, wherever you want to put him. Or if you want to go move Candy to first and give him a shot at third, go ahead and do that. But Nico Goodrum is a fine utility player, and that's what he is. He can play all over the field. You know what he brings at the plate. That 333 number through 12 at-bats is going to go down. So I just don't – especially not in the outfield. But to, to wrap up my point about this roster, I want to go to the pitching staff. Whenever Spencer Turnbull comes back, I I need an explanation as to what is going to happen and who's getting sent down. Because I'll tell you what, again, back to my point about Al Avila filling in these stop gaps. At some point, dude, you need to let the guys you drafted have a chance. Julio Tehran is a three-time All-Star. He was an ace for Atlanta for Five to eight years, I'm totally fine with you bringing that guy in to sure up your rotation. Hey, maybe we're not ready to have a guy like Matt Manning pitching the rotation. Let's let's fill the gap here. That's fine. Jose Urania has never in his life had a good statistical year in Major League Baseball. I got to watch him get absolutely lit the other day. And when Spencer Turnbull comes back, who are you sending down? Who are you making room for so that Jose Urania can eat innings from when you could have my sending down Urania or he's out of the starting set? Exactly. Collins, you're exactly right. Here's what should happen. Here's what should happen. And Rabs, the the Turnbull thing is a very good point because he's a guy who's probably going to start. Okay. I don't know if he'll start right away, but at some point he's going to be a starter. And we've heard that this has come out all season that the Tigers might at some point do a six man rotation. 
So you have two options here. You either cut Urania, just say see ya, or you you keep him in the rotation and like try to put Turnbull in there and do a six man thing, and then you just essentially you know cut your losses and take an L every time Urania takes them out. Now that's a loser's mentality, and this isn't a losing team. So I, you have to either do that or you have to just cut Urania, bring Turnbull in. You could still do a six man if you get a guy like Fulmer or Norris a starting a starting position. Who knows? The only thing that's constant, and you guys have both hit on it, is that Jose Urania has no business being a starter for the Detroit Tigers, and he has no business being on the team longer than the All-Star break if he doesn't get his shit together. Uh, to be fair, though, he has only had one start, but his stuff looked horrible. Yeah, well, and, that's and, the thing. It, it, it did. He's never had control. No, 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 no. I know, Rebs. I'm just saying. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, see, if start two is bad, but, like, it was noticeable. Like, you're like, this guy's not fooling anyone. Like yeah, he doesn't, I think he doesn't, his fastball pitches. command's not great. He doesn't have great, like, all-speed stuff. So, I, I don't know. I, I, the thing, I, I mean, I do know. I, they have to move him. I could see them doing the, the six-man rotation just to keep Turnbull fresh. But Turnbull's a huge addition because I think Turnbull – I think we all assume he's the ace of this staff. So, it, yeah. it's – bringing him in the fold would be interesting. Um. Last thing I want to talk about the Tigers is we have to talk about the broadcast. It is, it is a, it's a full on clown car. <laughs> Dude, it's unbelievable. And I like, I last year I used to complain about Shep and Morris. And I like, I still don't like when Shep and Morris are the duo. But when Shep and Gibby are on the call, like broadcast, it is probably the least informative broadcast I've ever watched, but I enjoy every second of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. But I, I agree like with you. Like, Gibby's like, go, 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 go. Like, Gibby had, like, two glasses of Jack before he got in the studio. <laughs> like, he, Gibby is just, like, having a time of his life, and Shep's like, okay, man. Like, he's trying to, like. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get the Jack Morris slander. Can we talk about that he for stinks, a second? Dude. Yeah, I don't I – don't, why? He just, he's the king of, like – Every once in a while, he'll say like a really like nice tidbit about pitching. I'm like, oh, that's like that's informative or something like that. But he's not exciting. He says the most simplistic things ever, like half the game. So that's why managers like bench should got not like I'm like thanks, dude. I needed to hear that. Like he's just he's I don't know. I need some electricity. And Kurt Gibson gives me that, even though it's like incoherent rambling half the time. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. But I, it, here's what it, I like, think it is, Collins. Here's what I think it is. I you think see it's what like, Gibson was wearing the other day. It's like a shirt yeah. was like half off. Yeah, yeah. And they, they said he took his shoes. Yeah, he had, he had like the top popped. Too. I was like, is he gonna rip his shirt off mid game? <laughs> he might. He might. They said they said he took his shoes and socks off in the booth. I don't know if they were kidding. What a beast, but, dude! I yeah, love Gibson. Yeah. He's such a character now. I, I think the thing with Morris is like, and, and even Shep to a degree is like. We were blessed for so long with Mario and Rod. It's like it's like the Cassius Winston syndrome of like the 2020 Spartans. It's like whoever plays point guard is just gonna get shit on. Everyone's just yeah, gonna play there the problem because you had such a great thing beforehand, and now the guy who's in the spot might not be terrible, but he's just clearly not Mario or Rod. So you just don't you don't get up for it as much. I I think Chef's been better than this year, like just noticeably. Like yes. he like it, it's not like on a like a it's like second inning, two out single. Shep's like screaming. Like, I'm like, Shep, come on. It's like a two out single by Jonathan Soap. Nobody on. I don't need absolutely yelling into the mic. I think he's been better, but like, Morrison Gibson are just not good. 
It's just, it, it is what it is. So just not good at TV, which is fine. If you're not going to be great at TV, I need to have some entertainment value and Kurt Gibson brings that to me. So I'm all in think, on Gibson. Do you guys think Craig Monroe could be the color guy or no? Uh, they tried it last year. It's not bad. I think everyone loves Simo though. I'm a Yeah, Simo no, everyone guy. does. I feel like he'd be great with Shep in the booth. Yeah, I don't know. If he, um, got, a, if he got a full, like, 10-game slate to prove himself, I think he'd be pretty good. I would like to throw my hat in the ring here on the Bally Sports thing and the broadcast because – it was on my list. Trent, please don't let me forget to come back to the pitching staff before we move on. And I want to talk about Chip Hale, too, please. Um, but as far as Bally Sports goes in the broadcast, first of all, Jack Morris, Kirk Gibson, two legends. Like, everyone understands that, and I'm not yeah. here to say otherwise. I think the thing with Jack is, like, I get this vibe from Jack that he, like, knows how big of a legend he is and, like, has this, like, arrogance about him that he, like, knows more about. He, like, always talks about himself, too. I, I'm so – I can't stand when color guys will be like, oh, well, back when I was playing, I can't stand it. Like, it, it's 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 the worst when they're like, oh, uh, I used to do this, and this is how I – like, to an extent, I appreciate the knowledge and the insight, but the act is just old. Gibby's been a lot better this year. Shep, like, I think Shep's got a great voice to do it, but sometimes he just gets, like, so excitable. And it's, like, not a professional excitable. It's like a, he's like a little kid, like, walking into an amusement park. It's, like, out of control. So the broadcast is the least of my worries. Bally Sports Detroit. I get it's early, and I support all things that come through this city. These guys have to figure it out now. Everything from, like, the scoreboard – to the fact that not only do I have to sit there and try to pinpoint what my team's score is and the other team's score and how many guys are on base, I don't need to see 3,000 other scores flash across my screen when I'm trying to watch the baseball game. If I cared what the score of the Marlins game was, I would look it up on my phone. I don't need it. Well, the listen, that, that's not, that's not, I, I, not to cut you off. No, that's, not, that's not the worst idea. It's just that it takes up half the scoreboard. If you want to do that, like in the corner or like a bottom line thing, like ESPN does, like it's just on the bottom line the whole time you're giving like headlines or like new scores. Yeah, I that's, guess. that's cool. I but it, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a part of the scoreboard graphic. And also Rabs, one more thing that I have is just before, before you get to the hockey stuff is just this, the, I don't need to the, – the speed of the pitch, I understand it's an important thing that you want to show. It shouldn't be covering up the, the, the count. The, the, like, I, yeah, I forget stupid. what the count is until, you know, it's already two pitches late. I'm like, oh, that was strike three. Okay, I guess so, whatever. You're, li- you're listening to Gibson on the call. It's just like, okay, I think we should get Wilson Ramos moving. I'm like, what is the count? Is this, like, really <laughs> happening? Is he really yeah. saying this? So, okay, go, go. Get him going. I, I love it. I lo- Yeah, but yeah, the scorebook's unbearable. It's horrible for a baseball game. And then if you want to talk about horrible for the hockey game, let me, let, me, let me give a little PSA to the people of Valley Sports Detroit. The game of ice hockey is played on the ground. The puck moves on the ice on oh, the ground. The scoreboard work. should be on the other spectrum of the screen. Please. For one time, Bally Sports, that the fact that anyone let that go through is comical. But the, the whole here's here's my biggest. First of all, the theme song stinks. It, it, it makes me nauseous. The, the, the theme song. I already can't stand it. Bally Sports. 
here's a little tip for you. All you all you little kids out there that have these big dreams of launching your own television network, if you're going to launch a television network, you should probably have a website to your name before you launch before you launch the network. I'm I'm sitting at work trying to trying to get a little piece of the Tigers game. So as I've been doing it for the last 10 years of my life, go to the Fox Sports, go app, the game's right there. Go to Fox Sports, go, it's nowhere to be found. So I'm thinking, oh, well, it's probably already switched to Bally Sports. I go to look for a Bally Sports app on my phone. Doesn't okay. exist. It does not exist. And I go, wow, you know, maybe they haven't gotten around to it. Let's just pull out the old laptop. We'll go to BallySportsDetroit.com, whatever. Doesn't exist. It's 2021. If you're not going to let people, if the people don't have access to watch the game on television before you launch your network, you're probably going to want to put a website out or an app. So I don't have to sit here and watch the game on ESPN with what's my guy's name, Collins, that I texted you about? Doug Glanville. Hey, Doug Glanville. Doug Glanville should never in his life be allowed to put a microphone. He's a nice guy speak to the public about professional baseball ever again. I get it was a slow game. The Tigers were getting blown out against the Twins. These guys were so disinterested. I don't I want to know who the other guy was too. So disinterested in this baseball game come the 5th inning, it was a joke. It was an embarrassment to ESPN. It was an embarrassment to Major League Baseball. Doug Glanville, you stink. You're objectively horrible at your job. No flow, no understanding of what people want to hear. I don't even know who you are. And you're talking about your baseball career. Look, I mean, no would, one cares. It, so would help. it would help if it would help if the Tigers weren't getting the brakes beat off them. I'm it just doesn't gonna... matter. You have a job to do. These guys went in a whole inning without talking about the game. They were talking about like – They were not – yeah, the game was 15 to 1. doesn't that... have a job to do. Brent, did you get a haircut? I did. I, I, I buzzed it off. Wow, fresh fade. Okay, yeah. sorry. Sorry. To, sorry. Okay, you're, you're good. You're good. I, I like I, it. I actually – I agree with Collins on this one because – that game, it, what was it like, fifteen to three in the yeah, fifth was, inning or something like that? Or you have a job I mean, to do. It was embarrassing. And your job, no, your job, your Rabs, your job. Your job is, is to entertain, entertain people. It's to yeah. Entertain. And if the game isn't entertaining, then you can't talk about the game. And I, I know that they, they don't. He's not a that. journalism major, Trent. You wouldn't know. I, I was just gonna say, I know they don't teach that in the Broad <laughs> School, they, oh the, the Broad College of Business, the Broad Business College. I know they don't teach that there, but that that's that's the gist. Dude, I'm, all I'm telling you, it's Bally Sports so far has been an absolute hack job. The theme song stinks. Fix the scoreboards. The and theme songs do stink. Doug, if I have to listen to Doug Glanville one more time announce a Tigers game, I'll never watch ever again. I swear YouTube, to God. TV, and Hulu. Figure it out! Okay, sorry. I just need to get that out. So here's, here's, my, here's my final point that I want to bring up on the Tigers. First of all, I know I mentioned Akil Badu's name. What a start for this guy. Like, Congratulations. The guy hasn't played baseball in two years. The highest he's ever played was single-A ball. Coming off of Tommy John, he's been on an absolute tear. He should play every game. Here's my last two things. I want to go back to the whole Urania situation. I just find it disrespectful that they brought in Jose Urania and just gave up on Michael Fulmer. Like, whenever Michael Fulmer's time is done here, he's going to go be a fifth starter somewhere else, and he'll go, like, 12 and 10 with like a three, five ERA. And you're going to be thinking like, wow, why did we not get this guy another chance? And it comes back to the whole point I made all of last year. If you want to put him on a pitch count because he's coming off a of Tommy John surgery. Great. But you have to do that with the intention of that. You're going to ramp this guy's pitching volume up. 
and now you stick him in the bullpen. So why'd you only throw him for 40 pitches all of last year? Like why, why, why do I have to watch Jose Urania start when you could let Michael Fulmer be your sixth starter and at least try to salvage? He was a he was a rookie of the year. And now you're just for you squeeze him out. Well, you just squeeze him out to the bullpen for Jose Urania. Hey, let's who's listen. Most, listen. Who's most listen. famous? Who's most Seasons famous moment in Major League Baseball is intentionally throwing at the first batter of the season two years ago. Rabs, I hear you. I hear you. I here's what I here's what I don't want to get lost in all of this. Okay, the Tigers are 500. They have not been 500 through six. Okay, actually, they had that really good start. Was it two years ago? When they started like 13 and four or something like that, everyone thought they were going to be great and they weren't, but whatever the, the tigers are fine. Like they're, they're fine. And Rabs and Rabs to your point, because I agree with you, the game that the twins shelled the tigers that we've been talking about, that was Urania's start. And I get it. And, and Fulmer's looked nothing but great. And the relief opportunities he's gotten and Norris has looked all right, aside from one inning, but it's just, I trust Hinch. I trust that he's going to figure this out. Mind you, yeah. the Tigers pitching coach just got to camp, Chris Fetter, or not camp. He just he just got to town after, after the whole COVID situation. So I have to imagine, Rabs, they, they understand all this too. I don't and, think they do. I, I, do Rabs, yeah, he sucked last in. year. That's why he's not in the starting rotation. He was ass. That's why. Up a Tommy Johnson. I understand that, but if you, he's good in the bullpen, then they'll figure it out. I kind of like the role that they gave him. He gives them flexibility, especially if you want these young guys to get innings. They're yeah. not going to be going deep in the games. He gives you flexibility of a guy who's a, could go two innings and, and, Rams, and, and I have to pull the game together. I have, I, I, I want to add. He also, didn't pitch straight. He didn't pitch that great in spring either. I'm just saying the velo's bad, but like, do you think he's gonna be able to do that over a seven inning game? He already Who knows? Their, let him try. Let him try. One they listen, already listen, said listen, in the broadcast listen. that, yeah, I'm throwing a little bit harder because I understand that I'm not going five to six innings. I'm just saying maybe this is the role that he needs before he's able to take that next step and get back in the rotation. I don't hate his role right now. It's like I, Norris. Don't fit, don't like break something that's kind of working. Know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I want to go back to the six-man rotation thing just for a second because I think that's important and that that's really what we're talking about right here. I think the reason that Hinch has said things like that is because there is a quote-unquote embarrassment of riches in terms of guys who are viable to be starters. You know, like Urania. Yeah, he's been terrible. He's been a starter for 10 years. So he's at least viable to be a starter. Like, you've got guys on this roster who, who can at least make their case to be a starter. And I have to imagine that Fulmer is one of those guys that Hinch is looking at like, yeah, we might have a great five-man rotation and Fulmer's good in the bullpen, but he's also good enough to get in here and start. I think at some point that might be the direction the Tigers go. So I don't, I don't, I don't want us to, to, to I don't, whip a yeah, new I don't one. Think the for, doors close on him starting. Like, I just don't think that is. Well, I, I just, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just simply saying, I don't want us to rip a new one for AJ Hinch six games in when this team is 500 and, and every pitcher aside from Matt Boyd, as we talk has only had one start. Because I really think that they're going to go to the sixth man at some point, whether that's Turnbull just adding him in or dropping Urania, putting in Fulmer, putting in Turnbull, doing what you got to do. But the reason the six-man rotation is a possibility is because they have guys more than five who are viable to start. And that that's just the bottom line for me. I, Rabs, I really do think we might see Fulmer start by July. So who's, who knows? Let's just let's pump the brakes a little bit. The Tigers are 500. Life is good right now. 
that's all fine and it's all fair. My my final my final piece with the Tigers, and this is probably the most important thing. I don't know which I don't know who of you watched the the Twins game against the Tigers that took place. What was this on yesterday? This was on Wednesday. Yeah, the Tigers lost this game three to two. In the sixth inning, I believe it was a sixth in, the sixth inning. Correct? Am I wrong? Yes, it was the sixth inning. I I I witnessed with my own two eyes. One of the most reprehensible moments of baseball coaching in my entire life. Chip Hale should have been fired last night, should have had his house put on the market and had been kicked out of the city effective immediately. This I, I have never in my life seen two absolutely no-brainer, dead nuts, wrong coaching moves back-to-back like I witnessed in that game. For, those, for the people that need a refresher, I believe it was what Willie Castro's on first base in the sixth inning with no outs. Yes. You have, you're, you're losing the game three to two. Miggy comes up to bat. Miggy hits a line shot in the left field. Left fielder dies for the ball. Ball goes to the wall. Here comes Willie Castro around second. I don't know how he didn't score on that, by the way, before Um, the decision. Correct. Correct. I think he, I I think he like had a, a weird misstep coming around third. I don't know how you don't score because he was literally rounding second base as this guy was on his stomach in left field. However, it's a three, two game. You're not winning four to two. You're not winning five to two. You are down a run with Miguel Cabrera having a stand up double. You can have Willie Castro at third base and you have Jamer Condelario. Your cleanup hitter is coming up to bat in a game that you're losing by one with no outs there's no force plays. How I there's being aggressive and then there's being stupid to send Willie Castro home, given where the ball was coming into the infield to Andrelton Simmons, who is one of the best defensive, let alone shortstops, best defensive players in Major League Baseball. To send Willie Castro home on that, just so all eight thousand fans pop a boner in the seats to see a run come home, was ridiculous absolutely inexcusable with zero outs your cleanup hitter coming up to bat and there is no force play at all that's a ridiculous decision then let's fast forward to this miguel cabrera is on third base because as we know willie castro was thrown out of home miguel cabrera on third base with one out fly ball into shallow right field miguel cabrera who is one of the largest men in major league baseball I'm not going to sit here and call him overweight because Miggy looks good this year. We know that one of the worst runners in major league baseball. And as a guy that's playing on, on broken glass knees, no one in the league besides three to five guys are getting home on that ball in the right field. And in what, I don't know what happened in chip Hale's brain that he sees this ball in shallow right field, get caught and goes, Miggy, you're going home. The catcher, I swear to God, if I walk, if I were to watch the replay, I think the catcher caught the ball and walked up the line to tag Miggy. He was out by 10 steps, and you end the inning, and you factually lose the game. You lose the game for your team because Chip Hale had to make it all about him and send Miggy home, of all people, one of the slowest oldest biggest players that plays in the game today and he's out by eight steps with the catcher walking up the line to deliver the tag he should have been fired last night 
There's no reason he should be allowed to be in the city today. And it was an absolute joke. You cost the Tigers a game. You should never lose games like that because of coaching. It was absolutely asinine. I want him dead. Okay. You I think that actually, for the first time, I'm going to say that was actually a little bit too far. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, dude, I was, I don't, so dude, I, I get it. I understand it. But like, this is the thing that AJ Hicks is stressed. I don't think it's a Chip Hale thing. I think it's every single time we have an opportunity to like make an aggressive base running play, we're going to do it. The one with Miguel Cabrera was indefensible. Yeah. I agree with that. The Willie Castro one, Willie Castro should have scored. That was just he bad base running by him. And hold up, hold up. No, 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 no. Rams. I, Minnesota, Rams. Minnesota had to throw two perfect strikes to get him out, and they did. They're professional but, baseball players. Rams, but Collins is right, no, though. scores like seven times out of ten. Like, it, 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 that was a perfect The Miggy one was bad. The Miggy one was bad. That one was bad. I No secret. That was a terrible decision by third base coach and Miggy. I wouldn't even gone if I was Miggy. But, like, Willie Castro, like, has to score there. I don't, like, I, I yes, him sending them, I think it was more reactionary because you're like, oh, this ball, he dove in at the wall. Like, he's got to score here. You know what I mean? Like, it probably wasn't the right call. But I don't, un, like, I'm not going to, like, rip the guy the shreds. I think it's more of a hinge thing than a hail thing, Ravs, because he talked about it all spring training. He's like, we're going to be aggressive on the base pass. And it was horrible. It was. But at the same time, you have a guy at second – what is it? Bases loaded with one out. You have two guys at the plate and you can't bring him home. We're hitting pop. Know what I mean? Yeah. I, I guess, but you have one out in the inning because you sent the guy home with no, no I get Rabs. I get it. You're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. I, think I, I, I don't know if the guy should be dead. Like you're saying. The, 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 the decision to send Castro home looks worse in hindsight because of what happened with Miggy. I think that's what Collins is trying to say. No way. I at The minute it happened, I was texting. No, it was, it, no it's stupid because there's a zero outs and you have candy. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with any of it. But to say this was like Chip Hale. So, yeah, man, I'm going to make my like make my paycheck during today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the star of the show. I don't think it was the case. It's more like AJ Hinch just said, hey, Chip, we're like on 35% opportunities of us to get like a run on sacrifice places and sacrifice plays and whatever, rounding like second to home, send them. Like, I just think that's Hinch. That's the type of baseball he plays. And they were stupid. I'm not saying they're not stupid, Ravs, but I'm just saying I don't think it's Chip Hale. So, you know what, know what man? I, I yeah, he should have his bad spats after having two bad decisions as a third base coach. It's not I mean, the end of the world. Lost you a game. A third base coach, you should be invisible. You make, you make the right move. I know not all the time. You, you, you obviously you get guys thrown out. Like you, you should send guys when you didn't send them. I get it. But I mean, God, I almost want Dave Clark back. I'm gonna give Dave Clark a call and tell Gino. him that I miss him. I want Gene Le- Gino Le- Gino Lamont goat. Gene. Whatever. I, I just, I, no, it was horrible. Those I was horrible. so, they should have won that game. Correct. They, yes, correct. Chip Hale lost you the game. That was a bad loss. I was, I don't wish death upon Chip Hale. I'm just, I'm just extremely disappointed. And if I get to a game this year, I'm going to let him know. I'm going to, okay. I want to, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down during the batting practice. I'm going to go down to the third base and go, Chip, I need you for a second. Big fan. Need your autograph. I'm going to ask him why, what was going through your head when you sent Miggy home? That's all I want to know. Other than that, I have nothing else to say on the Tigers. They've only played six games. They are 500. I don't mean to be going scorched earth, but 
these are just my thoughts. This is what we do on this podcast. And with that, I will turn the mic over to Trent. I don't know if anyone else has anything else left to say or do on the show today. But we can do the trifecta and we can move on with our lives. All right. Trent's trifecta. Thanks for coming. We're on a hot streak with this, by the way. I've gotten a lot of comments lately like that the the trifecta has been good conversations. That means that you guys – you guys are holding up your end of the bargain. So the first question, though, and not to be a downer, Collins, you do graduate in three weeks. <laughs> um, do you, have you started your bucket list? Have you have you at least made it? Like, what what's your like exiting East Lansing plan looking like? Because I know Rabs well, is big on that. Well, the thing about it is, all my buddies, and it's like your circle's smaller, especially now in like the COVID world. So you like hang out with your like your pretty good friends and like the people that kind of live around you. There's not many people who I go to school with right now who I've been friends with that are not going to be in East Lansing next year. So it's just kind of me who's like, I have three weeks left here. Like, know what I mean? Like, and so it's kind of weird in that sense. Know what I mean? Like I, I, and there's like, it's not the same, like as it would be with COVID, but I mean, I don't know. I don't have a, Rabs, did you, I mean, yours got cut short, but like, I, you're definitely a guy who had a bucket list, like coming back from spring break. Yeah, well, I think I think the biggest thing that sucked for me was that we just thought we had so much time left to do everything, you know, and it was it was just it was little things like let's make sure that we go to Rama. It was more it was more so the fact that like spring breaks over. We're staring down the barrel of being done here. Like, obviously, you got to maintain your grades, but like, let's you know, let's maybe let's maybe take a night that we wouldn't have gone out. But let's just go. Yes, out and do something. exactly. Like, that's that's. that's- that's yeah. like the thing. Every anyone like asks me, say, "Hey, man, you want to drink?" I'm like, "Yeah." It's it, it's I'm at that point. It's like yeah. I'm not gonna like, "Hey, guys, let's go out on like Monday." But like, if someone like crafts one open for the game, I'm like, "Yeah, I have yeah. a few pops." I will say, I will say, as far as a bucket list thing goes, and I looking back, I'm trying to piece together things that I did, but just you know, little little things that like you can't do as a student anymore. I mean, like. I went on the bar, dude. I went on so many walks. And a lot of it too is like in my circumstance with how, with the way, way COVID hit and like people were going home and back then, like everyone was so uptight about it. Like no one was really hanging out. So for me, it was like, I was, I would go on walks with my buddies all the time and just walk around campus and just talk about the last four years. So I would like, you know, going into the dairy store, like going to the cafeteria, like just doing all these things that you really, you know, you're obviously when I like when I come back for to come visit or to come see my friends at state, like I'm not, you know, I don't really have the time to go on a, two, a, a hour walk around campus. You know, I'm going to see people and go to the bar and hang out and whatnot. So, yeah, obviously, you'll you're someone that's going to be back almost immediately to East Lansing, like early and often, as I think I will be, too, especially post COVID. But it's like it's just when you're not, you know, obviously looking back at you're it, just not I'm, living there. It's different. Correct. You're just not like, like it's no longer (laughs) home, which is like, it's making me like sad thinking about it now. And and, and like, not to be like all sappier and stuff like that. The things I will miss the most is like the morning after, like on a Saturday morning, all the buddies come down. Yeah. Like (laughs) I'm always the first person up. I see like one of my, like Will's door opens. He's out like, he's out like his no contacts and no glasses. Hey man. Victor waits up and, just, and then you're like, whoa, what happened last night? Like, that's what I'm going to miss the most. Yep. All right. Well, we wish Collins the best in these last three weeks to fulfill. Sounds the- like I'm dying in three weeks. 
The only person I basically I'm I officially become washed once I graduate. Oh, that's not true. You're gonna get scooped up by a fantastic <laughs> television market, and they're gonna get their best guy they've ever had. And I'll put that I'll put that on my grave. Second okay, question. Thank you, Trent. Second question here on the trifecta. Do you enjoy slow pitch fastball more or wiffle ball? What's more fun? <laughs> what? What did you just say? Slow pitch softball, you meant? The, the softball. Slow pitch fastball. Slow pitch yeah. fastball. I was like, what is that game? Slow, slow pitch softball or wiffle ball? Because there's a difference, right? Like slow pitch yeah. softball, you're basically trying to hit a dinger every time. Wiffle ball is more like baseball with, you know, strategic tendencies. I don't know. But you guys obviously have both played quite a bit of each, so I'm curious. I've, I've only played probably like four or five games of slow pitch softball. I sub for my buddy's team like maybe two summers ago. Um, slow pitch softball is very fun and people take it seriously. So that's kind of fun, but nothing beats a good wiffle ball setup. And you got like, it's like a three on three game. You're pegging them. It's just like, you, you got the chalk out on the drive. Like I had a, I lived in a court and my court set up perfectly. Like if you hit it in that yard, that's a home run. If you hit it in that yard, it's a home run. Know what I mean? And then you got like the chalk to make the base pass and stuff like that. I A good wiffle ball game beats a good softball game, but it's hard to get a good wiffle ball game. Know what I mean? Like a lot of things have to go right to have a good wiffle ball game because you need to have like one or two people who've like actually played baseball. You need to have some sort of setup for like the catcher slash wiffle ball. Know what I mean? Because you're, you're throwing wiffle ball to like the hitters that go back, throw bats home. That's always a pain <laughs> in the ass. Know what I mean? So it, it, a lot of things that would go right to have a good wiffle ball game. So softball, a little bit more consistent, but at its best, wiffle ball is better. I think the slow pitch softball is awesome because it's just like, it, it's like one of those things that you can probably do for like many. I mean, there's obviously adult league, like slow pitch softball that you can do it to their like fifth there in age. But it's like that's like the closest thing to competitive baseball that I will probably see in like for the rest of my life. So I've still been actively looking to get on a slow pitch team because I just love the I just love baseball so much. I do. I was actually we our uh, intramural team was this last year. I think it was two years ago. Leland's Heaters for anyone that remembered that uh, that organization. I got absolutely left out the dry on the mound. Like I was the only guy. I, I was the pitcher because I had a couple pitches up my sleeve. My ERA was probably 300. Like, I just I, like I would just get the ball pimped off me all the time. We never made a play in the infield. No one could hit on my team. My batting average was through the roof. I was, I was lights out. But, no, I think wiffle ball, when you're a kid, wiffle ball is, like, unreal. Because you're just – because, like, people grind and, like, you're sprint. You have to sprint yeah. playing wiffle ball. There's like, no better feeling than pegging someone from, like, 40 feet. Oh yeah, yeah. You throw a frozen rope to get a guy. It's 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 great. Like right before he hits the plate, you're like you're out, and then you're arguing about the call. You're like, got you, got yeah. you, bitch. In a way, <laughs> in a way, it's like apples to oranges because wiffle ball, like in itself, is its own like ordeal. But I don't know. A slow pitch softball, I just think emulates baseball like the most. So I would probably, I don't know. I would I would take slow pitch softball. I like being out there, making plays, turning two, good communication. Yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Um, okay. Question three. Now listen, I sent I sent a little link in our group chat this past week to the Detroit Tigers game. It was against the Pirates. What game did yeah. I send? Pirates. Physically, I'm trying to drag these guys to Comerica. They get your free. Want... <laughs> they get your free to that they're one. They're like ten bucks. Yeah, I'm trying to drag these guys to Comerica so we can go to a Tigers game and maybe document it a little bit. Our fans might love that. But, <laughs> 
what I want to ask you guys is, would you rather like what would be more fun? A Motown, a Motown rundown Detroit Tigers game where we can take ourselves a little less seriously, or a Motown rundown Detroit Lions game where it's just intensity through the roof of Ford Field? What do you think? Well, Tigers game, less pressure, less yeah. stress. <laughs> yes. And I'm the Lions team. I think we see like peak Trent. Like, that's, like, the thing. Like, we see, like, TV in his element. We got, like, TV high-fiving, like, the, the people he's had season tickets with for the last three years. So, yeah, the boy Don would have show up today. He's got, like, his, like, number 54 Chris Spielman jersey on behind him. You got your Herman Moore jersey. Like, we would see full-fledged Trent. If we went to a Comerica Park game, but I could just see me and Ravs just bitching at each other the whole game. Yeah, yeah. And so I, he's, awesome. I don't like the shift. I'm like, you have to shift there. <laughs> like, yeah. after like two daiquiris we're just like face toe to toe i was gonna so, say Colin's i don't know gonna have to have like four daiquiris and then we're gonna be yeah debating about the shift we're gonna i be need to have out. a daiquiri we're gonna I be sitting on the third daiquiris. baseline too third baseline is prime real estate for Motown rundown um i would say i think that the the ceiling for the excitement level of the content would be would be higher at a lions game just because it's obviously it's faster pace and more more uh upbeat but i would say as far as entertainment value goes i think the tigers game is where it's at because you can just like you can get some great clips of like nothing's going on in the game and you just like zoom in on Collins and he has like 600 peanut shells at his feet like you know what i mean like, got no it's just like it's like is that your third frozen lemonade ryan i'm like <laughs> don't worry about it but that's the great thing about like i even i find myself too like watching tigers games because you can i mean like you're hanging on to like every pitch and the game moves slow enough to where you can just analyze. Like, literally every time something happens in the game, I'm, like, making a comment about it. So I agree with Collins that, like, I think the conversation would be hysterical, like just us bickering at a Tigers game. But, I mean, <laughs> like, I always think back to the Big Cat video when he goes to the Lions game with Detroit Don. Like, that's just, like, like it just you, – your, your, uh, your energy level, like, the, ceil- the ceiling is the roof. Yeah. As much Trent, as you need to get in that suction. Like eventually, when you made some like a little bit more money, you need to get in that section with like Detroit Don. The who's the guy like front row? D- does he have a name with a ghost? And no, but I know. You're, I mean, the guy. Hayman. Yeah, yeah, Hayman. Like you and Hayman are just crushing Miller Lights together. I would love to see that. <laughs> All right, that's a bucket list item. I gotta get the, for one season at least. I gotta be in that section. You got your own little thing going. You're just whipping it like the Pope thing that they do at Oklahoma <laughs> State games. You're like, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, I'll, Collins, I'll, I'll take you up on that, actually. That'd be great. We got a sponsorship. By the time I'm 45, I'll spend one season in that section, at least. At least, maybe more. But, okay, I, I guess the verdict is a Tigers game would be – I don't know what the verdict is because I actually – I completely agree with what you guys are saying. I think both are going to happen, though. I talked to Brock. You know, he's got his two tickets at Lions games. I got my two tickets – so we're, we're going to do this at some point when we can this next season. Unless, like, Collins gets a sports broadcasting job out in, like, fucking Los Angeles or something. Then we're going to have to, like, we're going to have to reconvene. L-A-R-C. Maybe, maybe the Christmas. I would not fit in there. No, maybe. you would not. I'm, I'm at the beach. I'm just tarps off. I'm like, God, these people are so much more beautiful than me. Just everyone. I'm like, I do not like this. <laughs> I need a Midwestern belly, just like everyone supports it. Like, you know what? Like, come on, let's just have a good time. But regardless of where Collins ends up working, we're going to figure out a Lions game next year. But I really think we should drag our asses to a Tigers game. 
be really fun. Yes. We haven't done that. It's kind of crazy. We've been doing this podcast for three years. Granted, one of them was completely taken away by COVID, but we got to get to a Tigers game. Are you kidding me? We've we never. Have, we I think it's going to be easier once I graduate. Yeah, TV. agree, agree. Yeah, we got to do it in the summer. We because, need to hire a production team. Yeah, we'll do it in the summer. We'll do it. Say, in the zero dollars we made from this podcast. Here you go. You, <laughs> zero, you get zero. We'll buy you two batteries. Keep a camera on. <laughs> That concludes the trifecta. Thanks for coming. All right. Well, thanks for having us, Trent. And I guess that will also conclude today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. New episodes every single week. We will see you next time.